This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April the 4th, 2022, episode 2904. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, Your Grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. As you heard on Friday, Jamie is taking advantage of her son's spring break to take the week off. So I decided to put some fun shows together for you. Plus, we have a brand new monthly episode for you tomorrow. The first Tuesday of the month will now officially be Side Saddle Day. If you've always wanted to learn about Side Saddle or hear more about Side Saddle, which I think everybody finds fascinating, then you're going to want to tune in tomorrow. And Thursday, we have a brand new Sidelines episode for you. I thought I would do something different for you this week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Instead of revisiting whole episodes, I am selecting fun combinations of things. Many of you are new listeners and may not know how Jamie's horse Zeus, who we talk about all the time, hashtag damn it Zeus, got his name. Well, we're going to find out about that. Uh, Plus, during that story, we'll find out about a broken foot, some dogs, a listener song, and Monty Roberts are all involved in that naming of Zeus. After that, I share with you one of my favorite rest of the scoops. It was a story called Singing in the Mines, about a pit pony and a man he saved. And then that man ended up saving the ponies. And for the final segment, we go back, way back in time, to when, yeah, the bad sound days we all joke about. We're talking 2011. We had a funny guest and one brave guy. Rodeo clown Rockin' Robbie Hodges was on, and uh, it was a very memorable interview. But before we get started with all of that, we need to thank our title sponsor, World Equestrian Center. Jen was over there yesterday for a dog agility. Jen was over there yesterday for a dog agility show that had over three thousand dogs entered. And of course, they do a ton of horse stuff. But when you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over ten restaurants. You can have a variety of shows. And coming up at the World Equestrian Center is the CDI FEI Dressage, which is one of the biggest dressage shows they have there from April 14th to the 17th. They have Friday and Saturday night classes along with the freestyle. And also the Florida Youth Dressage Championships are going to be held there, and that's sponsored by Hampton Green Farm. The NCEA Collegiate Championships are being held the same weekend, the 14th through the 16th, and also the same weekend as the Peruvian Pasifino World Show. 
Plus, coming up on April 20th through the 30th is the Sudden Impulse AQHA NSBA show with a ton of horses that show up for that. So much variety. If you are in Ocala or driving past on Route 75, then WEC is a must-see. Please just pull off the highway. It's five minutes from the exit. If you're on your way to Disney or something like that, spend a day at the World Equestrian Center. You won't regret it. Now for part one of today's show, how Jamie's horse Zeus got his name, how Jamie Burker Foot, a listener song, and Monty Roberts plays along. Well, we, uh, we're going to change up the schedule a little bit this morning because, uh, well, because of Jamie. <laughs> oh, God, this is like, this is not what everybody is expecting to hear from me this morning. No, everybody, Everybody's all the auditors ex- are anxiously awaiting the name of your new horse because, well, we got something else to talk about first. Oh, my God. Horses can give you, man, they give you the highest of highs, and then they give you the <laughs> lowest of lows. And I'm, I'm at that moment with, like, Wendy's here because I need a babysitter. Misery loves company. I cannot believe I'm here. I just, I couldn't get the pain meds in time. There's, like, a six-hour wait. I have to get the pain meds this morning. And why I need pain meds is I was out trail riding yesterday. Just yesterday afternoon, I rode the new horse yesterday morning. He is just lovely. Everything was great. I'm bouncing around and it comes the afternoon. I teach my lessons and then we still have some sunlight to go for a little trail. So I hop on Thor and I'm ponying the new guy. I've got a couple students with me and some neighbors. Which is about, there's about five of six of us out there on their horses uh, just going for a walk. I have the dogs out. It's a beautiful evening here in Phoenix and uh, we're riding down the road and and we ride on irrigation roads, which are like dirt roads behind everybody's properties. But there's about a hundred yards where you have to make a left on the main road, the pavement before you make a right to get back onto the irrigation road. And, um, you know, there's five or five, five of us on horses and all my dogs and everybody's dogs are running around and a truck is coming behind us. And we're joking. We're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's five o'clock traffic. That's rush hour here in Waddell. You know, here we go. And so uh, I try to get the dogs to move over and I take Thor and the new guy over to the side and I'm on somebody's driveway and, and man, Thor never spooks. He just is as tough as they come, but there's one thing that bothers him and it's a sneak attack of a dog up against the fence. If he doesn't know they're there, if he can see them, he's fine. But this dog, as we're waiting for the car to go by, I'm sitting on Thor and I just didn't even realize I was on somebody's driveway, which is slick. Thor has no shoes on. And it was just this like moment of disaster happened. Um, He, as we're, you know, moving over for the car. He's standing barely on the driveway and this dog comes up. I we can't see it. And it hits the gate in front of the driveway. Oh, like every horse is spooked to that noise. Well, yeah, but then he spooks and it's not a big spook, but it's enough because it's that slick pavement and he has no shoes. And he just... He, what was described to me with, it was the fastest fall they've ever seen. He just went from standing to on his left side, just, whoosh, just mm. like 
like he slipped on ice. And of course, here's me sitting on him. So he crushed. Oh, he crushed my left foot. My left knee hit the ground, my left elbow and my head all bam up against the ground. Well, the only thing that doesn't hurt is my head because I was wearing my helmet. Just another reason. Ovation helmet, man. Jeez Louise. That's the only thing that doesn't hurt is my head. So uh, I lay there for a minute and and he scrambles up and he just kind of moves off to the side. The new guy just stands there like perfect. He's totally, this is a wild must, two Mustangs that are loose on the road. And they just stood there. Wow. Like, the oh, new guy just stood dude. there too? Just stood there. And wow. he's a, such a touchdown, my God. So um, all the girls are like, oh, they, everybody jumps off. They're like, what? And I was like, no, no, no. Just give me a second. Just <laughs> let me play here. And I'm like, okay, yeah. All right, I need a ride home. And so that truck that was following us, I ended up getting in. Everybody led all their horses home, and I ended up getting a ride home, which then proceeded uh, in a trip to the emergency room to then find out that I've broken bones in my foot. Um, my arm is not broken, which is good because that hit the pavement pretty hard. My head is fine. My knee is bloody and bruised. But Ow. everything, uh, aside from, uh, you know, a broken foot, which now leads me to be on crutches for at least a week and uh, in the cast for six. Oh. And I'm supposed to go to Flag is Up Farm in a week and a half. Yeah. I guess Monty's going to have to wait, huh? <laughs> Son of a Oh, God, Jamie. Sorry, you're supposed to beat me when I start to sound like I know. Uh, yeah. You need a scooter. Yeah. You need a... Uh, <laughs> we get on a scooter in a round pin. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing more depressing than this is you've realized that your life dream is going to have to be put on hold and you're in an effing Walmart on a scooter (laughs) cart. (laughs) Old people are walking faster than you while you're going around to like, I went to get the bananas while Chad's getting my prescription, which then apparently there's a wait time of six hours for controlled drugs. So I haven't slept all night because my butt hurts. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, she's underplaying it a little bit. I got texts all night long and I mean, literally all night long. It wasn't all night from me. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I cannot repeat any of them because they're <laughs> laced with profanity. <laughs> so. I'm sorry, boss. I figured you're a grown-ass man. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't, uh, you know, whatever. But I'm the one that swears all the time at this show. But we have Wendy here. She's the official beeper. When, when, when Jamie starts to say, Wendy, you're going to go, what? Okay. Done. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's what you're supposed to beep. Okay, Jen, so all right. Yeah, Chad right, actually right. looked over my my. Well, I was texting Glenn last night. So we just decided to sit up, watch a movie, and I'm texting Glenn, and Chad goes, "Oh my god, you sent that to him." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did that an hour ago. That was old news. <laughs> but thanks to 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 my dear friends who were out trail riding with me, Shannon and Abby, and all uh, uh, Susan, they were all out. And because what do you do with a freaking two year old? It's six thirty at night. It's time for him to have dinner. And I'm like, sorry, kid. I'm out of here. 
ER, peace out. Like, what do you do? So they were awesome. They stayed, they fed him, they put him to bed. They were just awesome. I just have really great neighbors. I'm so lucky. So anyway, thanks to them for for jumping in. Well, I'm I'm glad it it could have been worse. I'm glad it wasn't worse. And I'm I'm sorry that you're going to be out of commission for a while. I'm shocked (laughs) that you're even on the show this morning. We we had originally booked Wendy because we thought you were going to be off. And then it was like, yeah, she wanted to come on. And I think she wanted to come on. Jamie wanted to come on for what's coming up right now. We have three guests to get to, so we're going to get to this right away. All the auditors are waiting. I think we have a a ton of live listeners all waiting for this moment. Uh, But so let's, uh, you want to, you want to set it up? Well, um, you know, I got this new Mustang and I decided he needed a new name um, because Lucas couldn't say O'Malley. Uh, so I wanted to give him a new name and he's he's got a brother named Thor and somebody suggested Loki, but I already have a Loki and a Lucky and I can't do a Loki too. It's just too much. So we decided to have names. Well, everybody submitted awesome names and I just realized that I couldn't pick. I, even Elisa Wallace came up with some awesome names and I, I couldn't pick. I didn't want to make anybody mad. So I decided to contact via Debbie Lauks, Monty Roberts, and have him name the horse. And unless the name was going to be like, I don't know, Twiddlebee or Lucky, yeah. you know, <laughs> one of those like super quarter horse names, I thought. One of the My Little Pony names. <laughs> no, I figured he'd do like, uh, obviously, I can't even think right now, yeah. but like, I was thinking it'd be like, Cowboy Western Barrel. Done. Been there, done that. (laughs) Cowboy, you know, whatever. So anyway, I decided that he could name the Mustang. I was like, you, it's in your hands. Yeah, have him have him name it. So well, uh, I have a, I have something you haven't heard that I'm, uh, and and Monty sent a little audio for us to play, uh, and in it he names the Mustang. But first, Jerry was at it again, our auditor Jerry, and uh, he wrote a little song for the uh, naming of the horse. I'll, so I'll play him back to back here. This okay. is this is Jerry. I realized after listening to the Mustang song and then hearing the actual events that took place over the weekend that I had not written the perfect country and western song. <laughs> I hadn't said anything about trucks, prison, or getting drunk. Getting drunk. So now, after Miss Jennings' adventure, I believe I've written the perfect country and western song. Well, she was drunk when she pulled in to the prison. <laughs> Her friend Donna parked the trailer with a truck she'd come to bid at auction with just a little amount of cash hoping she didn't go over cause Chad just might kick her ass but now she's bidding on a Mustang named O'Malley She'll just hope Chad understands when she gets home. (laughs) They put him on the trailer, but she didn't turn on her phone. Hoping when the trip was over, all her stuff would still be at home. (laughs) But now she's hanging out with Mustangs cause she's homeless. Who'd have ever thought an auction could cause such pain? 
But you don't have to call her by her barn name. Why can't you give her Mustang a brand new name? Well, you don't have to call him by his old name. Cause Monty Roberts gave her Mustang. Monty Roberts gave her new Mustang. Monty Roberts gave her new Mustang a brand new name. Wow! God. Hi, wow. Jamie. I've just seen some beautiful pictures. And uh, there's no question this is one of the nicest looking uh, Mustangs that I've seen ever. Uh, he's gorgeous. And we were looking up the gods. Because he looks a bit like he's out of the sky with clouds and everything. So we've decided that it's Zeus. Zeus was the god of the open skies in front of the other gods and the thunder coming down. And it's what made me think about him uh, when I saw the pictures. So we're saying Zeus. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did Monty Roberts, the god of Mustangs, just tell me that... That's one of the nicest looking Mustangs he's ever seen. I think he did. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I could die now. <laughs> See, that's why I almost got hit by a car and crushed by a horse because my life can come to an end because I have heard that. Seriously, I asked Debbie just what he thought, you know, and then I get that that via text message. Like they recorded it and texted to me. I started crying. And I, I've listened Aww. to it probably 400 times. Like, <laughs> that is so pretty cool. cool when Monty Roberts names your horse. I uh, that's, And Zeus is a great name. Zeus and Thor. It's like perfect. <laughs> now, the problem is he he's just such a sweet little guy. He's not just a big well, we, tough we, god, you know, uh, but you know what? Him Maybe time. he'll make one. Yeah, make him one. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, it's so perfect. I just can't believe it. I thank you, Monty. Uh, I, I got a message from uh, Monty's assistant that was like, you have really stirred things up here. <laughs> Apparently that's all they did for an entire night was research names and stuff. <laughs> and that's so sweet of them. I can't believe it that he would spend time on something like that, but he did he's just a great guy and thank you debbie for putting that together and and uh gosh that was awesome and thank you jerry for the lead-in song we'll play that again later in the show for those that missed play, it we'll play play, play money's thing. audio one more time uh, okay then we have to go to our guest okay, I, uh, okay. Uh, all right, all right. this is for Jamie. hi she hasn't Jamie, heard it enough <laughs> i've just seen some beautiful pictures and uh, there's no question this is one of the nicest looking uh, mustangs that i've seen ever uh, he's gorgeous <laughs> and we were looking up the gods, because he looks a bit like he's out of the sky with clouds and everything. So we've decided that it's Zeus. Zeus was the god of the open skies in front of the other gods and the thunder coming down. And it's what made me think about him uh, when I saw the pictures. So we're saying Zeus. There you go. Well, con <clears throat> congratulations on his new name, and it's short, Zeus! easy to spell, so that's Zeus good, too. Zeus the Mustang and Thor the Mustang. So Thor the Mustang's Facebook page is going to have to change because I can't I can't keep up with two. To Zeus, Thor the Mustang and Zeus the Mustang. There Yay, you go. Thank you, Yay. Debbie. Thank you, Monty. Thank you, everybody involved in that. It's so cool. 
As a rider, you know one of the most important tools for connecting with your horse is the saddle. Wintech saddles combine world-leading innovations and high-tech materials in lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting-edge designs, but also reaches new standards in fit, comfort, and performance for both you and your horse. It's easy to see why Wintech is the world's number one synthetic saddle brand. Visit Wintech-Saddles.com today to view Wintech's full range of saddles and reach a new level of comfort for you and your horse. Jennifer was riding in hers yesterday. For part two today, I bring you the rest of the scoop. Over on the Stable Scoop show for a period of time, we did a storytelling feature, and it was kind of in the Paul Harvey's rest of the story way of doing things, and this one was called Singing in the Mines. It was about a pit pony and the man he saved. Singing in the Mines by Gail Stewart. This is the story of a pit pony, a Shetland pony to be exact, a Sheltie, one of hundreds who toiled in the coal mines of Scotland in the early 1900s. It was a dirty business, dark, dank, and dangerous. Men of middle age, young men and teenagers worked the mines and risked their lives for a paycheck. Though fraught with danger, the work was steady, and the miners had help and companionship in their toils. Working alongside the miners were strong and steady teamsters. They were ponies, the famous little pit ponies. One of those miners was a teenage Scot named Harry. He was a fellow that was not disposed to bad moods. He loved to sing and sang happily, not knowing that his future held not a life of mining, but one of good fortune known only in his dreams. And his pit pony, a companion in the mines for long hours underground, grew fond of Harry. They enjoyed each other's company, which made their jobs, if not pleasant, at least tolerable, and Harry was always singing in the mines. Everybody liked this pony, Harry remembered, and I loved him. I taught him all sorts of tricks, and verily believed that if I had had him long enough, I could have taught him to speak. And clever he was. He'd sneak quietly into the break room and steal bread and cheese from the miner's jackets. He also helped himself to flask of tea by placing the flask between his front hooves, and then he'd pull out the cork with his teeth. He'd bite the flask, raise it to his mouth, and drink the tea. When he heard a miner approach, he'd scurry out of the break room like a child caught with his hand in the cookie jar. He also learned to dodge loose coal that might drop down from the roof and land between the harness and his skin, and that, Harry said, would make him very uncomfortable. One day, Harry, his reputation growing for singing in the mines, was working in the coal mine, riding in a little tub, or hutch as they call it in Scotland, behind his faithful pit pony, when without warning the pony halted. Get on, what you stopping for, he yelled at the pony, but the pony would not move. He about-faced like a goose-stepping soldier on parade and moved double-quick in the opposite direction with Harry and the hutch in tow. All he did, Harry said, was to turn around sharply, look me in the face with a sorry expression in his eyes. The pony's instinct told him something was wrong. Something disastrous was soon to happen. Seconds later, the roof of the mine crashed in and tons of dirt fell into the very spot where they had just been. I heard the crinkling and creaking, but I was too much interested in our progress to notice the danger. But he stopped in time. His acute ears heard the warning sounds to which humans were unintelligible. When Harry realized what had just happened, he remembered tears came to my eyes. I threw my arms around the pony's neck and kissed and cuddled him again and again. 
1914, Harry told the story to a large gathering in Wellington, New Zealand, praising his pony. And that is why I'm here today, through that wise wee boy. And so Harry found fame and fortune as a singer and a comedian and was knighted by King George V for his fundraising efforts to benefit soldiers returning for World War I. He also campaigned for good homes for retiring pit ponies and good treatment of those still working in the coal mines. Honestly, I was fond of the ponies. I made pals of them. I took pleasure in them and never met a pit pony yet that I could not manage better by kindness than by blows. In 1911, Harry known today as Sir Henry Lauder, beseeched British politician Winston Churchill to support the Coal Mines Act in the House of Commons, which included strict regulations to protect the pit ponies. He convinced Mrs. Clementine Churchill to plead the cause to her husband. And the act, after passage in the House of Lords, was enacted, including the Pony Protecting Clause. He never forgot his wee four-footed friends of the mine, or the pony who saved both their lives, the little fellow whose name reflected the finest qualities of a leader, intelligence, courage, and discernment, knowing when to break the rules for the greater good. And so, they called him Captain. I had to look Harry up to find out a little more about him, and what I found out was in 1911, Lauder had become the highest paid performer in the world and was the first British artist to sell a million records, and by 1928, he sold double that. He raised vast amounts of money for the war effort during the First World War, and that's when he was knighted. He also went into semi-retirement in the 1930s, but briefly emerged to entertain troops in the Second World War. By the late 1940s, he was suffering from long periods of ill health, and he died in Scotland in 1950. And I dug this up, and believe it or not, there's still records from the time, very early records. Here's a little bit of him singing, and this was recorded in 1908 with a song called She's My Daisy. On the shore, I said goodbye, love, I'm off to Baltimore. And I kissed her on the ship, and the crew began to roar. Hilly-ho, hilly-ho, and we parted on the shore. Well, we hope you enjoyed that story from Gail Stewart. I thought it was a lot of fun. You can learn a lot more about Harry or as he's known, Sir Henry Lauder, online. He was a very interesting character and apparently very well-respected in his day. The PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science. And their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horse live their best life. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. That's horseinnovation.com. And finally, we go back in our final segment way back to 2011. Yes, the bad sound days that we all joke about, so please forgive us for that. But it was a funny guest and one brave guy. His name is Rockin' Robbie Hodges. He's a rodeo clown, and we just had a lot of fun in this interview. It was in the early days. I think we'd probably only done the show for about a year. So we hope you enjoyed this really retro look. I know most of you have not heard this interview, so enjoy. He is a rodeo clown. clown for a, a long time. And he's been doing the rodeo clown uh, thing for years. He's very popular on the rodeo circuit. 
And guess what, Jamie? He is coming to my hometown this weekend, and that's why we're talking to him. He's actually going to be, they're doing a rodeo. The Southern National Rodeo Championships are being held at the Kentucky Horse Park here in Lexington this weekend on March 25th and 26th. And that's uh, Friday, Saturday night. Friday night, they're going to start at 7.30. Doors open at 6.30. And Saturday night, they're starting at 6 o'clock. The doors open at 5 o'clock. And it's one of the uh, first big-time rodeos that's coming to the new indoor arena here at the Kentucky Horse Park. And one of the guys helping out is Rockin' Robbie Hodges, uh, well-known rodeo clown. And we're thrilled to have him on the show with us today. Hey, Rock and Robbie, I have a question for you. How proud yeah, what, what, was you? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, hello, how's everybody today? It is We're beautiful here now. in, hello, <laughs> in beautiful Georgia. I was well, helping I your girl in you, the, Yeah. Right off the top, Rock and Robbie, how proud was your mama when you won Clown of the Year in 2005? That had to be the high point of her life. Oh, it was. My mom's really proud. That was the things I used to get whipped for in, in, in school, and now I get paid good <laughs> to do that. So uh, she, I told her, just have faith and let me go. It'll be fine, Mom. And she said, okay, and, and she was talking to me through the glass. <laughs> I was hey, Robbie, I got to tell you, yeah. my friend, it is so nice to talk to somebody from Georgia. Y'all going to hear my southern accent come on out because this is what happens when you talk to somebody from your home state. It just comes on out, and Rock and Robbie is just bringing the, the Georgia accent. That's right. That's what we do. And, you know, when you come out this weekend here to the horse park, you're going to get some good southern humor because the stuff, we don't make it up. It really happens down here, and we just tell everybody about it. You know how that goes. Now, now you're from Georgia. You're I from am. I'm from, you, I'm from Atlanta. 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 And you still have an accent. Right. Awesome. Really? Well, what actually, part of Atlanta? Alpharetta has to be no, horse country. No. I'm from Decatur, so I got a little bit Decatur. of uh, a little bit of crunchy in me too. So, no, my dad is the is talks very, very, very Southern. However, growing up in the city and being in broadcasting, I had to work very hard to not speak Southern. But when I get you on the line, I just want to go ahead and talk Southern with you. Well, that's all right. You just unload on it, honey, because I promise you, we're going to talk <laughs> Southern. Where I... But uh, can't nobody understand. I was down in, uh, I just did a, a rodeo last weekend, five performances down in uh, Mercedes, Texas, and it's right on the Mexican border you know right well four miles from the border and uh you're talking about can't understand them people but they can understand me and if you'll talk loud to those people it's amazing they hear i don't understand why but <laughs> first thing somebody wants to do are are you are you'll say a word and you'll put a little bit of that spanish accent in it <laughs> i don't know why that's supposed to help but apparently they can understand <laughs> if you put a little salsa in when you talk like would you like to go to the car? <laughs> you know, instead of, I don't know, but they, they they had a good time down there, but they couldn't understand much of me. But that's all right. Y'all can. That's good. Decatur, Georgia. My God. Uh, <laughs> I bet you're cuter in a bucket of ducks. She is. <laughs> I like it. I, like it. I just got home. I've been on a, on a five-week run. Uh, to the south, and I went down to Arcadia, Florida, the week before that. And uh, I, uh, it, those people down there—that's about transplanted Yankees. 
So I get on the airplane. I flew down there from Houston. I'd done a rodeo in near Dallas in Fort Worth, Glen Rose, Texas, and uh, with a really good friend of mine. He was the announcer there. So I just jumped on the airplane. He threw me on the plane. Well, I get on the plane. Have you ever been on a plane going to the south in the wintertime? It's nothing but old people. Not knocking <laughs> old people. We might as well went in a 1980 Lincoln condominium with a... <laughs> Our whole time we fly in the left blinker zone, and we're in the fast <laughs> lane of that gum up there in the sky, and all the other planes are honking the horn. <laughs> Going around you. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the way! <laughs> it looked like a Geritol fest. <laughs> well, you it get was, that when you go. So, Tommy, tell us. Did you grow up wanting to be a clown, or did that just happen naturally? Well, I kind of was. I rode barebacks for actually for 16 years and uh, rode Bronx, and uh, I was in the horse industry and that end of it. The ones that nobody could handle, I got on, I guess, for years, and um, never was much of a bull rider. But I I, uh, I rode barebacks, and I won me three or four championships there, and, and I got about, oh, 30 and decided that I was tired of waking up cracking and popping every morning. So I said, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to quit. And when I did, I had a guy, buddy of mine, it was a rodeo stock contractor, said, I told him, I said, you know, I'd like to be a rodeo clown because somebody told me I should be. I'd always kind of put the rocks in the rigging bags, you know, at the rodeos and say, hey, fat boy, you work here? Yeah, well, open the gate. You know, stuff like that's kind of how I hid my fear. <laughs> and he uh, he said, I'll give you a chance. And I wanted to do, you know, two or three rodeos a year, and I ended up doing 20 my first year. And now uh, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> you know, I was wow. fortunate enough this year to do the national finals rodeo out in Las Vegas as the barrel man um, in my fifth year. And I tell you what, guys, as a kid, you know, everybody knows and all the you know, folks listening are, you know, the barrel racers and stuff like that, and the ropers. When you're practicing in the pen, you're at the 10th round of the NFR is always your scenario, you know. And here we go. This is the 10th round to win the world, you know. And, and just to be there that one time, and I actually got to see what the 10th round was like, it, it was just, it was the greatest honor for a little kid from Georgia. I tell you, it was it was amazing. Um, I'd love to go back and do it again, you know, every year, but I want, I want somebody else, too, to get the opportunity to walk down that tunnel. I mean, it, it's just, it's amazing. 18,000 people a night, you know, the greatest rodeo fans and greatest, and cowboys and cowgirls in the world. And, and, I mean, if you ever get a chance, you have to go to the National Finals Rodeo. You'll become a rodeo fan all over. I did. Wait, and it, it's well, you amazing. Know, so look, we are so looking forward to seeing you You uh, this weekend. We're coming out on Friday night, and, and we're, we're really oh, looking great. forward to seeing you. You guys well, do good. so much more. If, if you haven't seen a long time, the, the uh, rodeo clowns just don't, you know, they do. Obviously, their main job is to protect their riders, make sure they don't get killed. Right. But they, the other job you guys have now is really you, you entertain the crowd, you know, uh, between events, and you're really doing more entertaining now than you used to in the past. Absolutely. Um, well, we're busier in a set of jumper cables at a trailer park funeral from 7.30 to 10 o'clock. I mean, and it's... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I almost fell off my ball. <laughs> you never been to a trailer park funeral, man? Jumper cables and, and air pumps? My God. <laughs> hey, man, I left my radio on. Can I borrow your jumper cables? Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. I thought you were from Decatur. 
<laughs> That's a pity now, say Sugar. You're out here. We're out here in Polk County. That's right. In fact, are you in Polk the, County? Yes, ma'am, near Cedartown, Georgia. You know where Cedartown is? You're up north, isn't that? That's west, northwest. Yep, yep, yep. I live okay. in a little town called Cave Spring, Georgia, but uh, my folks live over here in Cedartown, so I'm hanging out here eating free food for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Don't That's say right nothing about that. Uh, Do you really? Yeah. Isn't that excellent? I know. And mom feels like, you're not, you're not eating enough. I'm going to fix you something to eat. You know, well, gravy where we live is an after-dinner drink, so I'll uh, be, uh, I'll weigh 225 pounds when I get out of here, and I'm about 70 right now. But uh, how do you get off on food? What is the matter with you people? What y'all done? What are we talking about? Squirrel. Why aren't you on tour with Larry the Cable Guy? Is he like a good friend of yours? Yes, actually, I spent New Year's with Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy, the other uh, two. I say the other day, if my girlfriend's listening right now, she lives in San Diego, she'll be laughing because anything in the South the other day can be now to 10 years ago. You know that. So the other day, the other day yeah. I spent New Year's with Larry the Cable Guy, and what a joy it was. It was so funny. They had uh, all the people from uh, Pixar, Disney Pixar there, and we ate Sonny's Barbecue catered the New Year's party, and we ate chips and salsa out of a bag and out of the bowl, I mean, out of the glass, you know, the, the jar. It wasn't none of this fancy, fancy stuff, and I had to help him get his margarita machine going. <laughs> that sounds like a Larry the Cable Guy party right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's perfect, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a super good guy, and he's brought, you know, comedy to a different level, and uh, I only try to steal his really good stuff from him. <laughs> you know what we're using. <laughs> so you know what, though? <laughs> if we're feeling twice. Yeah, right. he, actually, he'll use some of my stuff, too. See, we've, we've lost really? some good comedy stuff. Yeah, he'll use, like, well, we can't use Michael Jackson anymore. We can't use the Crocodile Hunter anymore. Good Lord, all these people are dying off, and it's messing up our whole deal. You know, so we have to kind of... The world's always changing, you know. They don't think about us, but uh, anyhow, they uh, yeah. But he'll use some stuff, and I'll use some of his stuff every once in a while. I might have to throw one in of his. I don't like to use other people's comedy because, you know, I like to think of my own, and then it, it works. It's sort of like selling a painting. You know, you're you're doing a painting every Friday and Saturday night, and you know you want people to buy your work, and it's so. You know, it, it, it's such a – that's the 80-point ride I can't make anymore because I don't ride barebacks anymore is is hearing these people laugh and cheer and, and stopping what they're doing, you know, to, to hear something new that I've come up with or a little skit or, or anything, you know, just to make um, – you know, my gauge and my judge of this is how the Cowboys are laughing. If I'm up there – if I'm out there doing a skit or if I'm doing a show and I see the Cowboys have stopped what they're doing – you know, to watch it, then I know that it's been a successful, you know, a deal. And, and or some of them will come up and say, well, we see this client all the time. He does the same stuff we like when you do something different. You know, and, and to me, that's the 80-point ride that I can't make anymore in the back ride, you know, to, to get those guys. And, and then or and, and then my saves, too, you know, in, in the barrel and stuff. I love to work the barrel. I am a barrel man. I'm not just a rodeo clown. I really, really, you know, take pride in working the barrel and that's what got me to the national finals this year was my barrel work, you know, and, uh, the protection and, and then the guys knowing that, you know, they'll be safe and, and, you know, they'll come up and say, man, we appreciate it. I was fixing to get smoked out there and, 
you know, you brought your barrel up or, you know, that's, that's kind of what, I mean, I don't just work for that, but it's, it's a good pat on the bat when, when those guys are, you know, when they're appreciative, if you, if you make a save and get knocked down and other bullfighters, my main job is to protect those two bullfighters, you know, and make sure as a barrel man to make sure, cause when they get knocked over, ain't nobody to come get them, but me, you know, and, right. I, and I try to do that. And I really take pride in that. Now that was about all the well, seriousness I'm going to give you. So I, no, I was going to say, I was going to say that that's that's what people forget about the rodeo clown job is actually it's inherently incredibly dangerous, and you guys are risking your lives yeah. to protect to protect others the entire time. And I know you sit here and you make light of it, but I, I you know, a round of applause for you and what you do because you save you save guys every single night. Yeah, well, we try to. You know, we do the best we can. Rodeo is very dangerous. I was, you know, I was watching something today about dangerous, and I was, for some reason, I was on the news this morning. They were talking about doing away with the kickoff return of football. What? <laughs> yeah, it said something about we're going to change the rules. I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but, you know, that's, it's dangerous. It's an inherent risk that you take. It's like bull riding. What are they going to do now? No more bull riding. No more horns on bulls, you know. That's the <laughs> excitement. That's what people go, you know, rodeos are a lot like stock car racing. Nobody wants to see a really bad wreck, but you don't want to be at the popcorn stand if it happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you don't want to miss it if it does. Nobody yeah. ever wants to see that. But, you know, and that's the inherent risk. And I'm thinking the world's changing. People, you know, everything is safety sake which i mean there is a way to be safe and do what we do but it's still a dangerous sport it's that's why we do it i have small man's disease apparently because i love the danger element i love the excitement of it you know and yeah there's a chance every night you may not get to walk out of that arena you know but there's also 50 other guys or 40 other guys that are taking the same chance that you are you know and you know and that's what we've chose to do and but that just bothered me. I thought, now, why would they take, well, it's dangerous, they were saying, something about kickoff returns. Well, you know what? I never uh, Robbie, though, when you think about it, we're a country also that has gone from boxing to cage fighting. I mean, you know. Yeah. Where, where does cage that fight fit to in me there? used to be at Max's <laughs> Supper Club at 2.30 in the morning in Mississippi over because Max used to sing behind the cage. You know, that was cage <laughs> fighting for us. <laughs> I'm looking at my mom's got two big old giant parakeets over here in the cage. They saying, "Yeah, we'll start on that cage fighting crap. We don't want to hear it. We want boxing." Yeah, I know. Well, I totally agree with the it. other one. And, and Larry the Cable Guy, getting back to him a little bit, he has this new show. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it on the History Channel, and it's pretty oh, good. About, yeah, I heard yeah, about that where he goes and, and does cool stuff and and all over America. I, I need to call him, get him in the clown barrel. He was. He was. That was one of the segments last week. Um, oh, was it really? Yeah. It's actually at a rodeo, and he did the clown thing. Uh, so he was out there doing your job there for a minute. But I don't think That's he really awesome. wanted to stay doing that job. He really didn't like it a whole lot. <laughs> you know, it takes a different kind. It takes a different kind to uh, to do what we do, you know. But my, like I said, you know, for the first two hours or hour and 45 minutes of the rodeo before that bull riding starts, I'm a – you know, I'm I'm the entertainment. I make sure. And this year at, at Kentucky, to get back to that this this week at the horse park, we've got a great great rodeo announcer, Roger Mooney. He's a national finals rodeo announcer. So um, I mean, and he's uh, been nominated he's for the top announcer guy. of the year. 
Yeah, he's a top six. Two, you know, they call it. They don't used to call it top five. Now they've added one, but he's he's a top fiver, and he is amazing to hear. And he and I, he lives up in LJ, Georgia. All and right. He and I, we yeah, we go at it, and it is so <laughs> much fun when Roger is announcing. I mean, you have to stay on your toes because he'll throw the jokes at you. You know, and you really have uh-huh. to. You have to pay attention to what's going on because Roger will throw a joke at you and then you'll have to, you know, respond. And it's a good workout when you're with Roger. And he is such an amazing – he's done the uh, – actually, he's done the Great Lakes Circuit Finals for the last 10 or 12 years over in Louisville at the at the um, Freedom Hall. And um, he got me in there about five years ago, and I've done it the last five years together. And when we do, people just stop rodeoing and just enjoy hearing us go at it, you know, and that's what's so much fun. Is to is to hear him. He is a phenom on the microphone. He'll be proud of me that I learned that word if he's listening. <laughs> but uh, he probably ain't listening. He sleeps all day. He's a vampire. But uh, I mean, when you come assume, out this weekend, I assume hmm? we'll be doing all like six, all six of the different things. There's six or seven different things they do at normal rodeos. Will be this weekend. Do you know? Exactly. Yep. You'll have uh, Cowboys are vying for a national champ or the world championship. You know, this is a stop on the way to the national finals rodeo. You know, they they go to rodeos all over the country, and then the top fifteen money winners and at the end of the year go to uh, to Las Vegas. You know, for the finals. So um, this rodeo, their dollars count just like any of them from Cheyenne to anywhere, and uh, you'll see a lot. And the Mark Johnson Universal Rodeo is amazing. His animals are great. They've been featured at the at the national finals, he actually has a, a buckskin horse. They were eighty-seven on about two years ago at the national finals. So uh, wow. Captain Buck will be there, and and all these good horses he's got, and he's got a bunch of bulls that went to the national finals. So uh, I mean, you're going to see the same bulls and stuff that you see on ESPN. You're going to get to see, uh, you know, you're going to get to see live rodeo action up close. You know, it's a lot like stock car racing. Like I said, if you if you you know people say I don't want to watch that, it's just going around in a circle, and then you'll take them to a race or even a rodeo, and then they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how these bulls, are, how, you know, athletic they are and how high they jump in the air and these little guys that are riding them. It's amazing. You know, to see it live sitting on a, you know, in a good seat, you, it'll make a fan out of you. And that's what's so great about, you know, with, with the rodeo and stuff is the up-closeness. Up you know, and, and, and here's something else. For the money that you spend, you're going to get two and a half hours of entertainment. You're not going to be... You know, at a concert, you give $100 for a ticket, which is three times as much as these tickets are, and you might get the entertainer for an hour, you know, at the most, and you got warm-up, and, you know, but here you're going to get your total value for the money. I think that's – rodeo to me is the best value in in the entertainment business because of the price and how much entertainment you get, you know, and then there's enough breaks to get you to go get some popcorn and come back. We don't – you know, we don't want you to miss anything, and that's – to me, that's the best part, and that's the best sell of rodeo, is its entertainment value for the price. You know, two and a half hours of good family entertainment. You know, there's not going to be any. We're not going to bite the heads off any doves. We might throw a cowboy in the air, but we're not. You know, we're not going to hurt him. <laughs> you know, you have well, to Robbie, have I got to say too, ears. if you haven't been up here yet, you're going to be performing in a brand new stadium that was just put up last year. That's it, it is a beautiful stadium. It's really right. nice. I assume that's what I hear. It. Yeah, I assume yeah. they're having it in the new indoor arena, right? They're doing it in the new oh, stadium. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, in the new in the new stadium, it sure is in the new big covered covered uh, arena, and it's uh, 
I mean, there won't be a bad seed. It's a brand-new facility. Come out and support it. That's the main thing. You know, folks in Louisville, come out and support it. We'll tell you the scores on the basketball game. You know, we're going to holler that out every once in a while. Don't worry. Come out and get, you know, get your money's worth. Well, I've got to say, too, I two other things, and then we'll let you go. And I so appreciate you oh, joining us. No, they tell me, no, we're going to be here till noon. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, two other things. One is uh, what's, we, we were invited, and we're going down in May, to Graceland right. to do the morning show live at Graceland uh, to talk about the horses that are still there and all that stuff. And are you serious? I hear about, what's this thing I hear about you singing Elvis Presley song? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a, that is one of the most useless traits that I have, but I'm a, an Elvis impersonator, too, when I'm not, uh, when I don't have bronchitis. And uh, it was so funny the other day, I was in, in, in uh, Mercedes, and we were doing sound check, and my sound guy just busted out uh, the trilogy on the, uh, you know, the karaoke version of it, and I sang it, and I turned around, and it was about, 300 people standing there. It was so funny. Nobody had any idea. I don't let that get out. Thank God it's not going to get out. You know, it's just going over the Internet right now, viral. So uh, that's that's really nice. But, uh, Sing. Go yeah, ahead. But, do it. Let's hear it. Oh, no. I, you don't want me to do that this morning, I promise you. No, no, no. Well, you'll have to wait for the rodeo to do that. I may bust out some Elvis for Roger at the rodeo. You come to the rodeo, I'll sing it for you. I'll be the one standing up screaming, sing Elvis, okay? So you'll know. That, that would be you, all right? If you stand up and scream, okay. sing Elvis, I'll stand up and sing it. How about that? All right, there we you go. Do. That's a hey, deal. Um, so That's y'all are going deal. to Graceland. Have you ever been to Graceland before? I have it's not, Amazing. No. Are you serious? <laughs> You're going to like it. No, I have not Elvis. been to Graceland, actually. And they have invited us to come down. We're going to be heading down there to actually do the show from there one morning. And they want to get the word out that Elvis was a horse person and that there are Oh, absolutely he was. Yeah. yeah. Something interesting about that when, on the horse deal, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but, you know, two of those horses are originals that he had there, or one of them was still, I'm sure they're about gone by now, but very old. And what they did, they implanted um, – if you, I don't know if you know this or not, but they implanted lenses over those horses' eyes to protect them like a contact lens from UV from so many photos. No because way. is that right? Yep. When you go to Elvis, when you go to Graceland, um, that when you go like in the buildings and stuff to see all Elvis's stuff, you can't take uh, flash pictures. They won't allow you to take flash pictures. Well, they were worried so many flashes on these animals that it would blind them. So they put um, they put protective they implanted protective lenses on the horses. Now, I don't know if these are still the same ones. I haven't been there in about 10 years, and these old horses, you know, they got to be getting old, but um, if they're even still with us. But, uh, yeah, Elvis has a big black horse out there, and he had an old Palomino out there that was so neat. Well, we apparently, I think the Palomino died, but they got another Palomino. Apparently, there hasn't been, like, one day since he died that there hasn't been a Palomino on, on, on Graceland. Um, That's They awesome. kept it that way. Yeah, they kept it that way so that uh, – well, we're looking forward to going out. That'll be a lot of fun. We're running out of time think, here, uh, oh, Robbie. That's fine. I just but, run out of time talking about Elvis. Okay. No, I'm just well, kidding. Hey, guys, you I'll guys tell you what Jamie out. really wants to know. I'll tell you what Jamie really wants to know, and I don't even think we have time for an answer, is how a Georgia boy that, uh, you know, that basically makes his life in a barrel uh, ends yeah. up with a girlfriend from California? How does that happen? Southern yeah, Cal? Out at the rodeo. San Diego, baby. 
<laughs> when you see me, you'll see with my muscled up, it's my physique and good looks. I'm 6'2 uh-huh. on eHarmony, see. So actually, <laughs> I thought maybe it was the I thought maybe it was the uh, the coveralls that are about twelve times too large. She I thought maybe she got into that baggy look. She may yeah yeah oh like a rapper died and I have my pants at half mast yeah you're right no I don't wear those anymore. <laughs> I'm sort of the non traditional type, but uh, no she um, she lives out there and I met her at the Poway her first rodeo she ever went to. Um, and I've earned her since. She's been to Louisville, the national finals, and this summer she's going to get a dose of real rodeo out when it's 120 degrees. So uh, I hope she'll hang in there. I believe she will. She's pretty tough. But you guys come out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, you Rock and Robbie. We appreciate it. Friday. Thank All right. you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the first Side Saddle episode here on Horses in the Morning and later in the week for the brand new Sidelines Magazine episode. Plus, I will be digging around for more in the vault for some more goodies on Wednesday and Friday. I think you'll enjoy. I'm going to go back a little further and take a chance on the bad sound episodes because there were so many good interviews, and you'll just have to forgive us. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Auditors, there will not be post shows this week. I apologize for that, but hopefully we'll put together some special content for you over in the auditor room, maybe some Facebook Lives and stuff. So keep an eye out on that. Thank you all. Have a terrific day, and we'll see you all tomorrow when we're riding side saddle.